Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. We are nearing the end of October 2018. The Octoberthon is drawing to a close. This will be our second last episode of the month. And we are doing another Patreon vote winner. We had three votes for October last month. And one of them was for horror anthologies. And the winner was Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie. Which is what we'll be mm-hmm. talking about today. Mm. Had you seen this before, yeah. Timmy? Uh, I have, yes. Oh, you had seen this before. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. I had not. This was, this was a first time watch for me. I had no idea yeah. what I was getting myself in for. I mean, I think it was fairly recent for me, like probably within the last couple of years I've seen mm. it. Um, but this was like one of those movies that it, I would always notice it on like streaming sites but it was always different ones like it would be on like netflix and i'll be like oh, i should watch that and then I'd, I'd see it on like hulu and i'd be like oh it's on hulu now yeah i probably should watch it then it'd be like on shutter and uh you know this weekend I actually watched it on hbo uh, so i don't know it's always popping up uh, around the place but um yeah it's uh, I, I i watched it like a, a couple of years ago and uh i'll <laughs> let you know how you feel about how you feel about it uh in a little bit <laughs> Does, does the rounds, does the rounds, yeah. Uh, so we'll do a brief spoiler-free section, and I say brief because I think it's kind of hard to talk about an anthology uh, without going into spoilers, because you want to take each story as one thing. So I think sure. we'll just do uh, general overall thoughts, and then we'll probably go into spoilers straight after that, because it's kind of hard to discuss mm-hmm. these otherwise. So, um, yeah, so that's a, it's a horror anthology. Uh, it's got a wraparound story that sets up what the, 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 the three main stories are. Uh, three seems to be the magic number for most horror anthologies, and we have um, we have a lot of notable actors, uh, younger versions <laughs> of them, of course, mm-hmm. popping up in this. I was noting a lot of recognisable faces. The first story, uh, called Lot 249, has Christian Slater in it and Steve Buscemi in it, as well as Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, so did some double takes there. Second story is called Cat from Hell, and it has Hector <laughs> Salamanca from uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad in it. <laughs> oh, I didn't recognize him. That was, was the hitman. No, no, no. He was the uh, the, the butler or whatever for the family. Well, oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. That was him. Uh, and then the final story. Uh, has James Remar in it. That's called Lovers Vow. And it also has a uh, Radon Chong in it who. I, I mean, I wouldn't have known her name, but she's the the lead or the the, the female lead in uh, Commando. So I, I instantly recognise her because like uh, that's her okay. from Commando. I know her <laughs> face. So cool. That's just the main stories, and you get the wrap around uh, as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot, a lot of actors in this. That I was I was noticing mm-hmm. the faces of. So um, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll go into what the plot of each one is. I think in the in the spoilers because I think it's it's hard to again do spoiler free sections for all yeah. of them. So I'll I'll just ask Tim, do you enjoy yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie? Uh, I actually do uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, each um, I, I would say I would I don't really think any of the stories here uh, you know are, are that weak. I think they're all pretty enjoyable. They're all pretty different. Um, you know, the, the wraparound is, uh, entertaining enough and, um, it, it's no wonder that I like this because I'm a big fan of, uh, creep show. And this is kind of like a, a lot of people refer to it as like creep show three. I think maybe at one point it was supposed to be creep show three. And then for whatever reason, they, you know, just turned it into this. Um, cause you have, uh, there actually was yeah. a creep show three eventually, right? Like, yeah, like early two thousands, yeah. which it's it's god awful i don't know i mean maybe we should do it at some point uh to torture ourselves but it's 
really really bad uh ha- but had they voted for the original creep show in this vote we might be doing two and three after it but oh. they didn't so, <laughs> oh, so oh boy so here we are um, have we not done the creep shows before no. I, I don't know i always forget oh okay interesting but uh yeah because this is uh wait is was is all of this directed by George Romero, or did he like produce or something? Or... This one, uh, John Harrison directed this. Okay, was George Romero like a producer or something? I thought I saw his name. In the uh, Maybe he wrote the screenplay for Cat okay. from Hell. Okay, which was based on a Stephen King short story. So you have really okay, yeah, both Romero and and King in there. They um, have producers but... as well. Uh, the producer, where was the producers on this list? Oh, yeah, that's I go back possibly... to the page. Uh, I don't know. I can't see them. Go on. But I can definitely see this as kind of a spiritual successor to uh, Creepshow 3. It definitely feels like, a, you know, in, in that vein uh, of those movies. And, uh, yeah, uh, I feel like there's... Oh, yeah, one, one other thing, too, is... Um, I don't know if you ever watched the Tales from the Dark Side TV show, which was a, you know, it's pretty similar to like uh you know tales from the crypt show but um just a weekly you know horror anthology thing but uh i I like that show quite a bit i haven't seen a ton of episodes it used to be streaming on shutter i don't know if it still is but uh i started watching it and i like the stories but man the quality was like really bad Mm. like um I have that problem with like a few shows that i've wanted to watch over the years like um I, i got the dvd for like the complete uh, Friday the Thirteenth series, and I I liked the episodes, but uh, the quality was really really bad. Like it looked like watching, you know, someone's like uh, you know VHS copy that they just taped off a TV or something. Mm. And yeah, I hate to uh, you know, I don't. I feel like I'm not that snobby. I usually you know don't care too much about like quality, but like you know these were like really bad when I tried to watch them. It's part of the charm to me. It puts you in the mood for for shows of the era. <laughs> But not when it, like you can't tell what's going on because it's like you know so this, dark or fuzzy. Is... You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I get you. I get you. Uh, unfortunately, I think for some stuff like that, it's, it's this unfortunate thing where they don't necessarily keep the masters for the for the shows, and they end up having yeah. to take the transfers from like uh, essentially VHS recordings or you know yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe more studio quality, but it's still subpar from what you what you want or expect. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I hadn't seen this before. I don't think I like it as much as you. I think it's okay. Like I'm I'm kind of in a, in a like I thought it was amusing. Pretty much was my is my general oh, sure. kind of yeah. kind of feeling on it. Like I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily think any of the three stories were good horror stories. Um, I think mm-hmm. the fact that I was recognizing so many actors and enjoying their their performances was probably the thing I liked the most about it. Um, mm-hmm. but like, you know. I, I have thoughts on that cat story. <laughs> I, I'm going to, yes, I, I have some, some thoughts on that one specifically. And there's some weird elements in all the stories that feel kind of like really weird and the characters acting like no people ever would to make the, the plot work. There's a few instances of that, I thought. I, I think it's a little easier to, like, uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think uh, I might be a little more lenient when you're doing like horror anthologies, you know, because you don't have as much time to really world build and character build so sometimes you know it is a little you know uh your characters might be a little broader the you know situations might be a little more rushed uh, i i don't know mm. I, I think it's a it's a little forgiving but i see what you mean it was a, it was a perfectly fine watch though like it was an easy, easy watch yeah. you know it's not something i'm mad that i watched afterwards it's 
Uh, breezes by fairly quickly. Um, and it's, it's kind of amusing for the most part. But I, I think that's where my, my praise kind of kind of caps out for the most part. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, so I, I think we'll have the spoiler warning just now, so we can start mm-hmm. tackling the stories uh, one by one because uh, it's kind of hard to go back and forth, like we said. So. Sure. We will start off. I suppose we should mention the wraparound is mm-hmm. a witch who's kidnapped a young boy and got him trapped, got her trapped, got him trapped in her house, and mm-hmm. he's basically trying to stall for time because she's going to cook him for dinner. She's like, "Oh, by one o'clock, you have to be in the oven," and <laughs> he's stalling for time by reading stories from a, from a horror book, and that's the, the setup for what the stories are that he's that we're seeing. What's always confused me about this is, uh, is this this kid's own book, or did he find it in the witch's house? I think, I think it's, I think it's her book. Because it, that always just seemed weird to me. That it's like, why does she seem so interested? Like, if it's her own book, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, she seems to get really enraptured in these stories, which you know, whatever, you know, it fits the, it, you know, uh, it gets you where you need to go. Yeah. But it's kind of weird that it's like. All right. Well, I mean, you can always read this on your own, or maybe have read it on your own before. Like, why? Why do you care so much? She's not at the time, and she's she's delighted to hear what these stories are. Finally, she's like, "Oh, someone <laughs> can just tell me them as I'm as I'm preparing preparing yeah. lunch and dinner." Um, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But the first story is lot two four nine. It's a mummy. It's a mummy story uh, mm-hmm. where you have Christian Slayer um, and you have mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi, who are both live in a in a college dorm. Which, by the way. They they point out that Steve Buscemi is supposed to be a struggling like you know a poor college student <laughs> who's working his way through yeah. college, and he has like this really big dorm room that it's like it, it's like the mm. kind of extravagant like living room in a in a big fancy apartment is like the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and he's he's got he's got like you know antique collectibles like mm. scattered around the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I mean I don't know about you but I absolutely loved uh, this one I think it's one of the best like mummy you know horror movies since the uh original mummy which i guess you know isn't that hard because you know there's not like a ton of mummy stuff but i just love that you know this is like a good uh mummy thing like we don't get a lot of those um it's okay i don't know I, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not ready to heap the praise on this one that much <laughs> i i feel like because the whole thing is that uh, Steve Buscemi is being wronged by slater's friend and uh slater's mm-hmm. sister who's julianne moore because they're a couple, and they screwed him out of a, a fellowship, and then they're, they're going to frame him for stealing this thing to get him kicked out, because they don't like him. So you kind of sympathise with him to a point, that he's he's this mm-hmm. hard-done by guy. But he, he's he's got this, this mummy delivered to him. Uh, no real explanation as to where he got it, how he got it, or how much it cost, or, or anything like that. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, no, he's got a mummy delivered to him. And Christian Slater is kind of sympathetic towards him and helps him out. Uh, and he, you know, he's, he's he's getting rid of things, and there's like a scroll inside the stomach, and there's a whole scene where he's digging through them, and Slater's just kind of horrified that he's helping hold the all the chest cavity home, and he he you know he reads the scroll later, and he brings the mummy to life, and then it goes and kills the the you know the Billy guy, and then and then eventually the sister, and uh, the kills are okay because they they reference back to how the the mummification works because Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. explains the, the the needle going through the nose for the brain so that's how he dies the guy mm-hmm. and then the sister dies because they oh they st- they take out the organs and stuff it with flowers and stuff flowers and, uh, yeah <laughs> so so we see him like you know slash her open then stuff flowers and um mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay all right okay you're, you're referencing your kills back to that so that's fine mm-hmm. 
Um, but so here's the thing. So so eventually Christian Slater realizes he's like this has to be the mummy because the mummy's missing the next day and he's being investigated for for stealing the thing and he's going to have, he's going to have to leave the college. He's going to have to leave. But Christian Slater like ties him up, you know, knocks him out, ties him up, and like you know confronts him about what he's done, and he's going to set him on fire, and he wants to scroll so he can burn it. But at the end of this, what I didn't get, because because there's a there's a fun sequence here where he, where he kills the mummy essentially with a an electric knife. He just starts cutting bits bits of the mummy hmm. off, uh, and the mummy's crawling towards him, and it's kind of you know it's whatever, it's fun. Then he just lets Steve Buscemi go. And he's just kind of like hmm. yeah. All right, I've I've got the scroll, and then Steve Buscemi's in the cab. Right, he's like, ah, that idiot couldn't tell the difference between a you know a hieroglyphic scroll from a mummy and uh, you know Aztec porn or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, and then you, know, you see mummified, mummified versions of both the sister and the the, the boyfriend guy uh, come back to life and come to kill Christian Slayer. And here's the thing: by the end of this story, I'm like, because if we're going with tales from the crypt rules, where this is like comeuppance, mm-hmm. right? This story, because this one feels like that. It feels like this is a story about mm-hmm. bad people getting their comeuppance. Christian Slater's the only one who doesn't deserve comeuppance. He's <laughs> <laughs> the only one who doesn't. Steve Buscemi goes nuts and tries to kill mm-hmm. people with a mummy. The other two are trying to frame him and screw him out of his stuff. Christian Slater's the only likable character who's completely innocent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh... Uh, Steve Buscemi gets away scot-free. He's off riding off into the sunset doing something <laughs> else. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe, you know, like they said, uh, you know, early on, it seems like they're trying to make Steve Buscemi a little more sympathetic. So I don't know, maybe they're just trying to go with, all right, this guy's our hero. Um, I, I think it comes across as too already kind of sinister as soon as we meet him. He's got like a creepiness to yeah. him. He's already kind of quirky and weird. He seems like a little like snobby and and also like, uh, yeah, because the, the other two, they were the ones who were trying to like get the, you know, artifacts or whatever to sell but i don't know i i was I, I didn't really feel like uh you know buscemi had you know super great like motives with him either like yeah yeah it, like i don't know I, I, it kind of seemed like all right well first of all you know how did you exactly get these and also yeah i don't know if i trust with what you're gonna do with them but yeah uh... I, I I, the kills were fun there was some fun I, I, like I said I, I like the, the actors for the most part and I, I, I yeah. like Christian Slater like cutting off cutting up the mummy although it kind of yeah. it kind of made the mummy feel too easy to beat like it was just like it was a really it was almost like a really comedy sequence of him just like cutting the mummy up with this electric knife as if it was nothing yeah. I, I did like the look of the mummy I thought he looked good and mm. uh, and yeah and I do like that you know it is more of a you know, uh, I feel like other mummy stuff we've seen, you know, they always try to, you know, like make them into like a, a person or anything. I like that this it's kind of just like a, you know, like tool for revenge or whatever. Uh, I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely could have used more of it like it would have, you know, but again, it's a it's a short story. So, you know, it's uh, and I think it works for, you know, what you get. From from the fan, from the world's biggest fan of the boy, this this will do. Is <laughs> the sentiment I'm getting here? Do you know what I think is? I, I don't think there's a high enough standard for mummy stories, so you're taking what you can yeah, get. Fair. No, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. It's <laughs> I I want more mummy in my life, and unfortunately, you know the they seem intent to. You know, now just making like the mummy this like action kind of thing, yeah. which you know it, it's fine. You know, it, it can work in 
you know, the, that setting, but you know, I want, I want my horror mummy. And, uh, so yeah, I definitely will, will take what I can get. Yeah. The, the, the 99 mummy is actually probably the, the best mummy movie in, ter- in terms of like the mummy, mm-hmm. you know, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because I, I think the original thirty two film is 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 okay. I I I think it's one of the weaker Universal monster movies for me. Yeah, I, I think it relies. I, honestly, I think the the big problem with it is there's not enough mummy in it. Like, yeah. like there's like that great little opening, but then yeah, you get you know the Dracula kind of for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and, and, and we talked about that. When we, we talked about it last yeah. year because when the new one came out, we, we did the original, but. Um, all right, uh, so so that, that was the first story. Um, it was okay. You liked it more than I did, right? So we'll yeah. move on to the second story, which is Cat from Hell. And this is a rich old man hiring a hitman to kill a cat, a stray cat that has come into the mansion, and he claims killed his sister, uh, his his butler, or, you know, his, or not his butler. He's more, more of a worker than a butler. But And then, uh, was it his wife, the other woman? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously Hitman thinks it's a joke. What are you doing? Why do you need to kill a cat? It's a cat. If you want to kill it, do it your damn self. Um, and he, he he tells the story of why you know why he believes the cat is responsible for all these deaths. And the first mm-hmm. one, I was like, okay, because the the first death we see from the cat in the flashback is the cat is kind of behind the, the the one of the women, and she trips over it and falls down the stairs. And I'm like. Okay, I can buy this as a cat death because that this I, I have almost tripped over the cats multiple <laughs> times. I, I can totally yeah. buy that this could happen, and you could sort of mm-hmm. you know speculate was it intentional, was it not? Right? Because normally it wouldn't be because the cat's just standing there because it's standing there. Um, yeah. The second one, however, is when this went off the real silly to me <laughs> because the cat because he's telling us about how oh my mother used to tell me cats would you know smother babies in their sleep. And we see a cat like crawling up on the sister, <laughs> and we see the paw go over the mouth. And I thought the the paw was just going to like hold her mouth shut, and that that was that, yeah. that was already silly to me. But then mm. it cuts to this shot of the cat; it's like just spread out across her face, but it's like a fake cat at this point, and she's just kind of screaming and going, mm-hmm. and the, the cat's just holding on tight and suffocating her. And I'm like, all right, the the mystery of whether or not because I, I I thought up until this point that it was going to be like, is the cat actually responsible or is he just crazy? And yeah. even at this point, I suppose, these are all flashbacks told from his perspective, so he didn't witness any of this, so arguably it still didn't happen. But I was like, okay, this was this went from being kind of interesting in a mystery way to, okay, now I'm just enjoying how schlocky and stupid this is. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's a, a ton of fun. It, it is definitely super silly, but obviously, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's the tone they're going for. Um, and and yeah, it's definitely a you know, very schlocky, like, premise and and everything but again like you know for a short story you kind of you know give it a little leeway and you just kind of like sit back and have fun with it yeah the worker and, uh, uh, H- H- Hector Salamanca his death's probably the most boring one because he just kind of gets slashed a bit in the car until yeah. he like, crashes yeah. so not, not as exciting I love yeah I, I was I love the uh the actor that plays the old guy uh in this he just has such a like weird unique voice uh I'm I am going to make a guess here and say he's been on some tales from the crypt episodes i remember him being in things i he's definitely i i know i've seen him ah, in other stuff national lampoon's christmas vacation i oh, definitely remember him in okay. that oh, okay yeah that that sounds familiar uh yeah he, he's definitely a guy who's like popped up in stuff before and he 
yeah, I don't know. He he just has like this really weird like voice that just I don't know. It just tickles me like any anytime he says anything. That's very raspy. He's got a very raspy. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> it's like very hard. To, like it's not like super. You know, like 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 it's not like the craziest or weirdest thing you ever heard. But it is like very like it, it's definitely like you know recognizable and it's kind of like hard to like you know imitate or duplicate and he, duplicate. he was on uh <laughs> tales from the crypt he was in the switch if you remember that episode where the old man wanted to switch bodies oh with uh that was the one that was like directed by arnold schwarzenegger he's like oh you're bodies right yeah with... it was that one yeah <laughs> yeah that was, um... oh, that was a classic <laughs> yeah. uh the highlight of this though actually comes um so, so the hitman gets attacked a couple of times by the cat and gets really frustrated and he's like, "All right, it's on, it's on." Like no one, no one hits me and gets away with it. And he gets really upset, yeah. and the, the 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 cat like attacks him and kills him. Like actually succeeds <laughs> in doing so. Yeah. But the highlight is when the old man comes back because because the, the cat actually goes inside the the hitman's <laughs> body, right? Because inside his mouth. His uh, mouth. Yeah. And we, we we get this like weird. It, it it looks better than it should because. There's like a point where it's half being in his mouth and the back legs and the tail are still sticking out of the mouth as if it's yeah. like, you know, squeezing in. And it looks, I mean, it looks really silly, but better than you would think it would. If you, you know, as I'm describing it, you're thinking this, this just looks really fake. And I'm like, it didn't look as fake as it should. No, I actually think it's, yeah, pretty good effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when the old man comes in the next morning and finds the dead body lying there, the cat's head comes out of the, the dead hitman's mouth. And it, again, it looks like a much better effect. Like, I have to give them credit here for, for pulling yeah. this off in a, in a way that didn't look completely ridiculous. And it, it, this shocks the old man so much he can't get his medication and he dies. This is basically the thing. Um, yeah. But I probably enjoyed this one the most because of how stupid and silly it was. <laughs> Not because yeah, it was believable in any way, but just because it was stupid and silly and fun. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, very silly, but also, like, a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think it, uh, maybe if I have, like, any complaints, it, it maybe it could have been tightened up a little bit. I, I think, you know, uh, kind of like you mentioned, some of the, you know, flashbacks and stuff, uh, you know, could have been tightened up or maybe made a little more interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, though, like, you know, pretty much any time you see the cat, you know, it's usually a year for a good time. And this one, uh, you know, it definitely has the, you know, Tales from the Crypt kind of come up its thing because this uh, I, I forget if you mentioned it, but this old guy, he owned like a company that uh, yeah, yeah. like a pharmaceutical company or something that experimented on cats. So he killed like over 5000 cats. So, oh, yeah. So I was rooting for the cat the whole time, just for the record. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm Without on the cat doubt, side. Yeah. yeah, no question. <laughs> The, the the cat is um is uh, is the hero of the story. <laughs> make, make no mistake. Yeah. So no, it's it's, uh, it's it's good, it's fun. Yeah, and I like at the end. It's a like a, at first you kind of think they're going for like an alien chestburster scene because it's like stomach. It, it's moving around in the stomach, but then uh, actually like it crawling out of the mouth. It's just so the cat looks so like goopy and wet and stuff. But it's a uh, you know it's a really like impressive uh looking. Yeah, it, it really looks like he's sort of like trying to struggle his head out the mouth. It, it looks yeah. like, it's an impressive <laughs> little effect. Um, so no, I, I I give props to it. I give props to this one. Yeah. It, was, it was fun, uh, and by far the one that's supposed to be the most serious, I think, is mm-hmm. the the final you know of the three stories, which is called Lovers mm-hmm. Vow, and it stars James Remar, who has been in a bunch of stuff both before and after this. He was you know he's in the Warriors. He was in uh, he was Dexter's dad. Right now he's on Black Lightning. Oh. 
He he was okay. he was raiding in the second Mortal Kombat movie. Like he he he's <laughs> oh, no. he has been across the board. Uh, this dependable character actor, and he's an artist who's struggling. He gets dumped by his agent, and then he sees a gargoyle esque creature <laughs> kill uh, a bartender, which obviously freaks him out. And then the gargoyle talks to him and says, "I will let you live if you never speak of this to anyone. You can never tell anyone you saw me or about what happened here tonight." And wait. That? So wait, sorry. Was it a bartender, or wasn't it someone that was mugging him? No, it was the bartender. Because they he had like a gun in his hand. He was like holding him up, and then the gargoyle slashes like his arm off. No, wasn't it the bartender no. he was leaving the bar with? No, I think he 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 leaves the bar and he's in the alley, and then like a mugger comes up to mug him. So we double check to make sure that we're that at least just to find out which one of us is crazy. Timmy's right that there was a gun involved, but it was the bartender who had a gun. It wasn't a mugging. The the, the bartender pulls out a gun because uh, he hears a noise, which admittedly I thought was a bit quick to just pull out a gun. Like you heard a noise. Like, you, there's not even a hint of danger yet. You heard a swoop. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, sorry, that was my bad, but yeah. So, it, so it was the bartender. Uh, you made me thought. I was like, wait a minute, am I missing a scene or something? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the bartender pulls out a gun, gets his arm cut off, and he he dies and gets slashed and whatnot and decapitated. And he, you know the, the gargoyle says to him, "Right, never tell anyone about this, and I'll let you live." And he, he obviously scared shitless. Here's one of the moments that really... Now, admittedly, it makes more sense when we find out the twist later on, but it really played weird for me in the scene is when he sees the woman, right? Uh, uh, Carola, played played by uh, Don Chong from, from Commando. Uh, and he, he, he pulls her into the alleyway and covers her mouth because he thinks it's dangerous. He thinks the gargoyle's still out there. And he, he's like... And obviously, she's terrified because this is like... She's been grabbed by a random man and held up against a wall in an alley. And... Yeah. He says, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm not going to hurt you, but it's dangerous, it's dangerous. And it kind of calms down a little bit. And then he says, look, it's dangerous out here, you should call a cab. You can call a cab from my place. And I went, this is the most, I mean, obviously we know he's not being sketchy, <laughs> but this is the most like rapey sounding like trap I have ever heard in my life. And she just kind of agrees to it. Now, admittedly, <laughs> when we find out the twist that she is the gargoyle later, it's like, okay, right, obviously she's not actually scared, but, like, it just... <laughs> yeah. In the moment when we thought she was a real person, I was like, this is bullshit! No one! Yeah. No one in their right <laughs> mind would agree to go to a stranger's house like this when, the, when they themselves never even witnessed any danger. To them, all that's happened is some random dude pulled her into an alleyway and held her up against the wall and then started yeah. talking crazy about <laughs> danger. Yeah, it is definitely really weird. Uh, your first viewing, I think it plays a little better uh, if you've seen it before, because mm. like, you know, when I was watching it, even the um, the beginning, it opens up with like a like a stone gargoyle like looking down, like on yeah. the uh, on the street and stuff. And I don't know, I kind of got the feeling that oh, like I don't know, maybe like this gargoyle has been watching this guy for a while and like fell in love with him for some reason. Yeah, then, it adds a lot know. of sort of you get a sense of like myth. I know um, I glanced at the wiki earlier, and it's 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 based based loosely on a a Japanese folklore thing. Um, uh, okay. I can't remember the name of it, but there's like a Japanese name for this type of 
type of story. Uh, but the, the yeah, you get this idea. You know, it's obviously they 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 fall in love, they kiss, they make out, they have sex. She comes <laughs> back the next day. She helps him his career by you know getting him a contact with a big art gallery, and life goes well. She's pregnant. He proposes, and we skip to ten years later. They've got two kids. They're happily married. The whole thing. So here's my other big thing about this, this that that opening incident. So here's the thing. Let's say for some weird circumstance you met your wife, Tim, and a really weird circumstance where it might have looked like you were trying to do something bad at first, <laughs> okay. right? Where you you sure. pulled her into an alleyway, you pinned her up against the wall because you thought it was dangerous, but that was your that you you were well intentioned. But from her perspective, you might have been trying to sexually assault her. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever, even as adults, tell your children, "Oh, I thought your dad was going to rape me the night I the night I met him." Would you ever say that to them? <laughs> oh, not at all. Like, especially the the fact that, yeah, because doesn't one of the kids actually say, like, oh, isn't that when mommy thought you were going to rape her or yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, that's the line of dialogue. And I'm like, why would you tell your kid that story? Even as an adult, I, I don't think as an adult I'd want to hear that from my parents. Never mind when I'm, like, eight. <laughs> yeah, it is it is bizarre. <laughs> is that the night you thought dad was going to rape you? What? <laughs> And then, like, they just laugh about it, like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 don't be silly, child. I'm like, what? Why are you telling these kids? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, gargoyle values are a little <laughs> different than humans, I guess, but... Well, but does James Remar not walk into the room as, he's, as she's telling the story? What are you telling the kid that for? Do you really think of a Jesus. psychopath? <laughs> Uh, he's a moody artist i'm sure he <laughs> I don't know. so so the story basically is is that he the, the guilt of like not telling anyone about what happened to the bartender weighs on him so he eventually tells his wife and she cries and says why did you tell me that and she she turns back into a gargoyle this is the, the curse that was broken if he kept his promise mm-hmm. it'd have been fine but because he told her he told someone which includes her she turns back into a gargoyle and so so does his, his children uh they both turn into gargoyles and they kill him and then they, 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 they rip out his throat. <laughs> yep. And then they return to the top of a building and they turn into stone and they look very sad about the whole whole affair. Um, so it's a really sad story and it's one where it's like it feels unfair. Like if you if you if you told them the consequence of telling someone, maybe it'd be easier for them to keep the secret. But it has to be this leap of faith thing where you're supposed to just you know keep the promise. Yeah, and it's another one where it's like uh like it's not like. All right. Other than, yeah, being really weird with that, you know, <laughs> that girl uh, in, in the beginning and stuff. Like, there we don't really get any other sense about him being like a bad guy that you know deserves this type of. Uh, yeah, you know, he's end, down in his but... luck, but he seems like a decent enough guy. There's there's no yeah. you know hint of malice or anything like that. Um. So yeah, it's it's, it's but it's 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 a well presented story. I like the actors and. Uh, the ending's kind of fun in, in a sad way. You know, it's just got a very sad kind of tone to it. Um, yeah. And uh, again, uh, yes, yeah, another thing where the, yeah, I like the creature effects and stuff. Like, I think the gargoyle looks pretty cool. And um, yeah, the idea of the story is definitely uh, interesting. But yeah, I, I think this one maybe is, is the roughest. Maybe could have used like a little tweaking. But I mean, otherwise, I, I do like like the overall idea behind it. I, I think I liked it more than the first story. Had more atmosphere. I think the idea that it's the idea that part of the city kind of fell in love with him. You know, the gargoyles. Sure. Were like, you know, it's it's almost like adding like this this gothic mythos to like a 
a grungy city, you know, New York City, it's a grungy city, but the idea yeah. that in the in the skylines there are these like, creatures. Like, I, I like that kind of idea. It's, it's kind of like why I I, I really I, I was really into a uh, cure the winged serpent and things like that when I when I saw that. But I like, I like the idea of like a, a built city having like a, a mythology like that. It's kind of interesting. So. Were you a gargoyles kid <laughs> growing up? Never seen it. Never seen it. Oh, right. no. I liked it as a kid. No. Uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what for it. But uh, yeah. t- to me, I, I think of gargoyles. I'm basically thinking of uh, Ghostbusters and uh, the Gatekeeper and the Keymaster okay. and yeah. them turning into stone. That's that's my first thought. Either that or Batman standing on one. That's that's, that's yeah. my <laughs> that's my experience with gargoyles. <laughs> There's also the gargoyles in the uh, Disney Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I saw that as a kid, but not not like once, not enough to remember it in any yeah great detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't remember if it's good or bad, but <laughs> did you relate to Quasimodo as a kid? Uh wait, did I look like him? Is did that... you re- relate to Quasimodo? Oh, which I guess is well, kind of the like... same question, but. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. In seventh grade, uh, in English class, we would have to like read plays, hmm. and um, we were reading *The Hunchback of Notre Dame*. And I actually, uh, I forget if I volunteered or I got picked, but I did play Quasimodo, and like it was like everyone, you know, was very like stiff and nervous, you know, because like middle school is like very, you know, no one wants to like do anything. Everyone's like nervous all the time, so like everyone would read the, their parts and it'd be very like, you know, very wooden and they would just, you know, read it like you're just reading real fast. And then when it like finally got to me, I like, I just fucking like sold the performance. Like I was like really getting into it and like acting it out and stuff. And like it, and everyone was like, Oh wow. Like this is cool. Like we can actually like not, care and act uh and then like you know from then like everyone like uh like got like really into the plays and like really like overdid it and stuff that's that sounds like you're you're telling a story about yourself inspiring a group of people to to, to be better actors it's, it's like it's like in a sports movie when the coach actually convinces the team to actually put an effort but it's the coach himself telling the story later about how great he is oh i inspired my team and i got them all you know yeah. going like you know i'm such a great get great you know lead <laughs> I specifically remember it though because like then every time we would do something after that people would always want to be like you know like oh like I want to be the monster character or something because that was like you know the like I think we might have did like a Frankenstein thing or something after and then you know because you know those were always the lines that you know people could really go overboard and stuff with hmm. but yeah I, I just remember every, like before that everyone was real nervous and then I was just like man I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to like go for it and sell it and everyone was like wow <laughs> as the the king for a day i uh i i can't say i ever played any roles in any school plays <laughs> as a child we we did have a couple but i, I was never uh that fussed about trying for them after I, I was never like i was never in drama or anything uh actually if i could go back and, and and do something like that i probably would but this was just like a it was like a class thing like you know we're just gonna read this aloud in class yeah yeah um yeah I, I, I remember when we did plays and stuff in English, even in high school, you know, we'd all take parts just to, just to read the dialogue so that it wasn't the same yeah. voice all the time kind of thing. Um, <laughs> because it has to be performed to understand. Uh, 
dear. Something is stinky in the state of Denmark. Um, <laughs> and I intentionally changed the words. Don't don't correct me with this. Something rotten in the state of Denmark. I know, I know it is. I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, Shakespeare scholars that listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? I got the, the Shakespeare quote wrong? What? How dare they? Those plebs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the wraparound is that the kid kind of escapes and, you know, pushes the witch onto some some sharp objects and then into yes. the oven you like what do he, he has like some marbles or something that she slips yeah. on and then like yeah he pushes her and he he narrates the story as if he's telling it as it's happening yeah <laughs> and then he ends with a cookie and he's like i can't remember what he says actually but he's a cookie and says a cheesy line and then that's that's the yeah. that's the movie um it's just okay if i'm comparing it to other anthology movies it's kind of in the the middle kind of tier like it's better than the ones where i hate all the stories it's not as good as some of the ones where because yeah. i feel like i i genuinely was amused the whole time i generally had fun um and i suppose arguably that's better than when there's just one great one and then a couple of weaker ones but at least when there's like one great one i'm usually really enthusiastic about that one you know that's fair yeah because you, you've seen uh, uh john carpenter's body bags right oh yeah i just watched it uh this month actually yeah yeah um, and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I think the the gas station one is like fantastic. All right, yeah, no, I agree. The uh, gas station one is definitely of the. I think it was three that was in them, but yeah. I, I would say it's the strongest of them. Yeah, uh, I, I, unless, I, I, uh, I mean, unless you include John Carpenter, like making yeah, puns and his <laughs> cryptic-esque body, uh, <laughs> not body, yeah, the, he's, he's a coroner, uh, and he's yeah, yeah he's the, but like you know that story really stuck out to me. He's been fantastic. Um, in fact, there's a film coming out soon which is heavily inspired by that. Oh, really? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I saw the director saying about. It. I can't remember what what it is now off the top of my head. I'm sure I'll be keeping an eye out for it though when it when it pops up. But truth or dare too? <laughs> oh, definitely not that. Please not. Uh, but but it, but no, it's a similar premise where it's like all night at a gas station where you know the workers on their own and stuff Ooh. starts happening. Um, I love that set. It's the isolation. It's like she's in a little box and it's like. You know, it's like she's in kind of safety, but she may have to leave it at some point, and it's like, oh, something bad's going to happen. Um, and all the weirdos that come up at, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., so on. So, but yeah, like, there's often, like, there'll be a lot of anthologies where I'll really like one or two of the stories. And um, th- this is kind of like, no, oh, this was generally fun throughout, but not great. I'd, yeah, I'd say it's consistent, but it doesn't reach, like, the heights of, like, other anthologies, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I would probably. Uh, well, it's, it's hard to say if I'd rather have like something with one really good one and then other ones that aren't that great or something's consistent all around. But um, yeah, I mean, it, and especially if comparing it to like modern day anthologies, I, I feel like man, we haven't had like a, a good one in a while. Like I really liked um, Southbound was good. Southbound, yeah. But I mean, other than that, though, like the I don't know. I guess we won't go into too much detail because we haven't done them. But like stuff like the you know VHS movies, I've never been too crazy about. The implication there being that we'll get to them eventually. Yeah. <laughs> There's like three of those now. There's VHS one, two, and viral, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. The um, yeah the first one or two like maybe have like one good one in them, but yeah, overall not that great. And unfortunately. Um, xx we're you know both a little disappointed in it wasn't horrible but yeah it wasn't great um and then yeah i can't really think of that many other anthologies but 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think... It, well, hol- I, I, holidays I think... wasn't bad. Holidays? Uh... I had a yeah, few good that, stories. That one had... Yeah, but it also had some pretty bad ones, Oh, too. it did, but I remember liking the yeah. Fallows Day one and the Valentine's yeah. Day one. And uh... I kind of like the Easter one. I might be <laughs> alone on that. That one was, like, weird as shit. I kind of <laughs> liked it. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I... Yeah. I love anthology movies, so I think you know they're a lot of fun. And yeah, this one uh, I get a again. This is probably only the second or third time I've seen it, but yeah, it's definitely one I'd watch again. Okay, Uh, I I guess we'll rate the movie then. I think we're we're, we're, we're good to go. So, what are you giving Tales from the Dark Side out of ten? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a, a 7.5. I think it's a uh, pretty good. Uh, I mean, it definitely could be better. You know, there's you know, definitely room for improvement in it but yeah overall i think it's a pretty solid fun watch yeah i'm gonna go a little bit lower i feel like i'm gonna go with maybe a 6.5 uh which means we average out a seven so i guess the screams sure. after midnight seven out of ten overall yeah. <laughs> uh That's but fair. yeah i like I, I think it's enjoyable and um, i like the silliness of the middle one the best um i think the the, the third one has the best film making in it probably but you know, it's, it's uh, the cast is quite good, um, and it's never offensively terrible or like uh, tough to get through. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's good. Uh, so that's Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Uh, we have one final film left in the Octoberthon for 2018. Um, there'll be no movies uh, in, in the first week of November. We're going to do a top 50 countdown instead of movies next week, and then we'll be back to movies the week after that. So you got that to look forward to but um and we've a lot to work through we have so many sequels to work through we have a backlog now of like new <laughs> films from this year to get to that you've been popping up oh boy uh you can look forward to Slenderman. you can look forward to hellfest you can look forward Ugh. to uh what else went up um i don't know there's been new, new movies gonna, gonna coming out ghost um, stories must be up by now huh? ghost, ghost stories yeah vod uh but released i assume if, if not now it must be soon it's been a while. Yeah. I think I saw the. Yeah, I think I was at the store and I saw the Blu-ray for it. So it must ah, yeah. be. Uh, I'm sure I there's think. something else. Probably something bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been seeing some stuff on Shutter popping up, like the was it the Witch in the Window, Summer of '84. Those both sounded interesting. Oh, I've seen Summer of '84. Uh, oh, you already saw it. Oh. Yeah, I watched that uh, with it first uh, first hit. Um, it's not. It's not like a straight up horror movie, although it gets very okay. horror towards the end. Um, I'm not opposed to doing it. Though. If you want to do it in streams, we can do it in streams. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how much time we have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, lot, lot to work through. Um, but that is, uh, that is that is that is that is. So yes, if you want to support the channel and the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV, and you can do that over there. You get to get some stuff early. You get some bonuses at the five dollar tier. Of course, you get to vote in the the, the streams after midnight. Vote every month where you pick from one or four movies and see what wins. Uh, the vote for this this up right now that's almost over because the deadline's the end of the month. If you want to scoop in at the last second, you can scoop in, swoop in at the last second. Is what I meant to say. Uh, you can vote on the zombie vote which is uh, for a movie in, uh, in November so you can look at that uh, like subscribe get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight for your horror movie tweeting needs uh, get me on Twitter at Wibble89 get Tim at Tim Vergulish <laughs> and otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and of course happy Halloween because it is almost time <laughs> we'll see you next time guys goodbye <laughs>